Hey, Big Love fam, welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Super Freak. So I've been thinking about this. I'm just going to dive right in. Personally, whenever I am in these death spaces, which is kind of what I'm in right now, and if you're coming off of last week's episode about narcissism, you'll know that this week's episode is all about empaths, and this will probably be a two-part series just because there's so much that I have seen and am seeing and discovering as I dive deeper into the subject matter. But whenever I'm in these places where I'm between levels, right, where gone to the kind of the top of that frequency bandwidth and I've kind of mastered that level of information and then you pop into the bottom of the next layer, that space between is what I call the death space. I don't know if you've heard this term before, but it's how I learned it and it's how I'm experiencing it. You're essentially in this deep void of nothingness, pure potential, pure possibility, I know that I'm in a death space. So my death spaces used to be very, very uncomfortable. And I used to freak out because I had all this scarcity and lack and control running. Now, when I'm in them and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm in that in-between, that space between, which ironically is very much what happens when you die. That's why it's called the death space. When you are in non-locality or non-local awareness space, you're kind of everything and nothing in mass. And that's what I think is so interesting with these in-between spaces. And I kind of get lobbed into these after a big expansion period. And so there was so much information coming around patterns around narcissism and empath. And I've seen a handful of empaths who have abilities that have come into sessions who are being really burdened by these gifts. And so I started asking questions in meditation, like my higher self and the all that is, like what is going on with empathy? Why are empaths being burdened by their gifts? And how did that come to pass? How did that evolve into burden? And I got a lot of answers around that. But first, I am in this death space period. And this is going to be a very interesting episode because I'm already feeling like I'm speaking slower. So hopefully that will land better for many of you because I know I speak very fast, but it's more about the frequencies that I'm generating and less about what I'm saying per se. Like you kind of just listen to it in waves and know that the information that you want to get out of it, it's landing. So let's dive into first what empathy really is, what it looks like, and then move into the empath dilemma And what I've actually, I haven't heard anybody talk about the two things that I'm going to talk about a little bit later in this episode. So this should be a good one. But yeah, I'm in the death space. So let's see how this goes. 
So first, an empath is someone who is highly sensitive to emotions and energies of others, as well as their own. They are able to sense and feel the emotions of others as if they were their own. So often experiencing them on a very deep level or visceral level. A good example of this would be the Long Island medium, or maybe you know somebody who just, someone will start crying and they'll just cry right away. They just feel their emotions so, so, so deeply. With the example of the LIM, the Long Island medium, Teresa feels the emotions so deeply because that's what it takes for her to actually interpret and be used as a channel. So I'll get into some other abilities and how abilities actually are utilized in another episode, but that's just giving you a real life example of someone who has a platform who is deeply empathetic, let's say. Empaths, for example, are often very compassionate and caring individuals who have a natural ability to connect with others on an emotional level. They may find it difficult to be in crowds or noisy environments. I definitely have related with this myself as they can easily become overwhelmed by the emotions of those around them. Additionally, empaths have a tendency to take on the emotional burdens of others, which can lead to feelings of exhaustion or burnout. So I want to talk about this because when I started to learn how I was picking up information, a lot of it would become like an assault on my senses because it needed to get my attention. You need to pay attention to this, right? So when I say, yeah, I can really feel that, or I'm in session and I say that, or I can feel what people are feeling, or I can sense it, it doesn't take me over now. Now, when I'm in an environment and I just don't, I'm not feeling the energy, I just leave. It's because I just know that that information or the field that I'm walking into isn't stable and I want to be around stability. It helps me stay stable. That's why nature is so important. So when you're in raw nature, ideally, but in nature in general, the field is extremely stable. And when you're moving through death spaces like I am now or in between spaces, or you're just looking to integrate and grow, nature is the most stable place because it's pure zero point frequency. It's just going to hold the structure of you and then move you into the new structure with effortlessness. That's why I feel like people, as they continue to grow on their journeys, they have to leave cities eventually. Just is required. I mean, I've been in cities for bobbing in and out of cities, but for a while now. And as much as I love them and I have this edge and it's a vibe, I get really depleted pretty quickly now. So if I'm not by water or a mountain or something to help me actually maintain my own structure as I evolve constantly, then I end up not kind of doing well. I mean, I can survive and make it work for myself, but it it gets pretty depleting. So there will be a location change for me soon. But now I'm going to go back to empathy, truly, like what it means to have it. There's four different types of empathy, and you guys are probably going to track with this really easily because they make a lot of sense. But then I'm going to talk about like why this gets so distorted over time. So empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing from within their frame of reference. That is the capacity to place oneself in another's shoes or position. Definitions of empathy encompass a broad range of social, cognitive, emotional processes primarily concerned with understanding others. Ideally, it's perspective, okay? When you have empathy, you have some perspective. You're able to see things from a different vantage point. A lot of times in sessions or even in group meditations, I'll help people see themselves from a different perspective. Essentially what I'm doing is if you're rendering yourself in one coordinate of space-time and you're 
really seeing a spouse or a partner or someone around you in a very specific way, I will then, let's say, help boost your frequency up into a different place in the sphere that is you. What if you saw it from this perspective? What if you saw it from this perspective? Like you're seeing things maybe from a turtle perspective, and then I buoy you up to a giraffe's perspective, and you have a lot more information. It's like the difference between seeing something from a 35 millimeter lens and like a 750 telescopic. You have a lot more depth of field, you have a lot more information at play. That's essentially what awareness is. That's what awakening is seeing the information for what it is, and you don't let it change you. That's true neutrality. Let's move into the four parts of empathy. First, cognitive. This type of empathy involves understanding and identifying with someone else's perspective, emotions, and thoughts. It involves putting yourself in someone else's shoes and seeing the world from their point of view. It is also something called perspective-taking empathy. You really get something. But where this gets nuanced is that if it's not backed up with some kind of emotion or internal registrant or identification with the emotion of, then it's kind of BS. Because once something has registered, there's usually a transfer from compassion to empathy or vice versa. So I'm going to say that again. There's people who have cognitive understanding. Oh, I can see that, right? I can totally see that. However, Sometimes it can be presented as a little bit of BS. So this is where it starts to get nuanced in narcissism. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. So just hold on to that little nugget and I'm going to wrap back into it. I have this a lot, like the cognitive empathy. I used to say that a lot. I was like, I can totally see that. You're not crazy. I can totally understand that. But I had no emotion around it, which is good because it was neutral However, there was also an aspect of me that really didn't want to get into the details. So I just said, yeah, I can see that and moved on because of my own internal trauma avoidance responses. So this is just more awareness. This is in friendships, especially I would say like as much as a year ago, I didn't have a whole lot of emotional capacity because of what I was going through at the time to handle a big, heavy load of other people's stuff. So I just would be like, I can totally see that. We're going to move on. And then I just kept it moving. And a friend of mine called me out. She was like, you don't really have a whole lot of capacity. And I was like, right now I don't. (laughs) I just don't. And it was fine. But anyway, we'll move on. And then I'll talk about, I'll wrap that up in a minute. But anyway, so if you are being used, what I realized is I was actually being used as an emotional dumper. I recognized that pattern because I had it happen to me. So Empathy for me started to become really distorting. I think that's why I see all these nuances and I know it so well. Just become aware of how you hold space and where you're showing empathy and where it's bleeding into self-sacrifice, bleeding into martyrism. Like, are you the person who everyone goes to for emotional support because you are that kind of solidity? You provide that much solidity for folks. If that's the case and it's depleting you, baby, we got to do something. You might want to look at that because it's not serving you. That is distortion. That's self-sacrifice. That's martyr. That's no good. The second kind is emotional empathy. Kind of self-explanatory, right? Emotional empathy involves feeling the emotions of others as if they were your own. When you see someone else in pain or distress, you feel their emotions deeply and it affects you emotionally as well. This type of empathy is sometimes referred to as affective empathy or emotional contagion. So affect, right? Like, oh man, I really 
can really feel that. You can feel it as a reflection and then it bounces off of you. That's how you know you're in an emotional, empathetic state. It's kind of like looking or watching a reel on Instagram or TikTok or wherever, and you feel the emotion of the video, but it doesn't consume you. That would be a balanced way to experience emotional empathy. The next one, and you see this a lot right now, especially in the wave of people regulating nervous system and the popularity of nervous system coaches and somatic therapy and things like this, would be somatic empathy. Somatic empathy is a type of empathy that involves feelings, physical sensations in response to another person's experience or pain. Very good example of what the Long Island medium experiences or what some psychics experience who have a very heightened sense of the feelings around them. So they're running high levels of somatic empathy. This can include feeling a visceral reaction in your body when you witness someone else's pain or discomfort. You've heard Teresa talk about this a lot, and I'm just going to use this as a reference because I think many of you who have listened to this podcast have probably seen a video of hers in the last decade plus she's been doing what she's doing. She will literally say, when I channel, she's in agreement that her, it's a sacrifice pattern as well, but that's a whole other podcast. You will see that the souls that have crossed over are using her vessel as agreement to feel and experience what the souls feel in terms of the bond, the relationship, and actually the death. She'll feel the sadness. She'll feel the love. She'll feel the pain. She'll feel the visceral reaction. And then over time, she's learned how to hone. For her, it's very easy to interpret information by symbols. So she's literally talking and communicating telepathically with the souls, and they are presenting symbols in a way that she will understand it. So she's learned to hone that over time and make it look really easy. Perception work is incredibly slippery. Everybody has a different way that they utilize their gifts. For a long, long time ago, I was very thankful for her videos and for what she was doing over a decade ago. It helped me understand the way I saw things. But she is definitely communicating with the departed. She's absolutely a medium. And her information, for the most part, is pretty damn right on. I will say where it gets a little tricky for her is when she's moving in groups quickly. That's where it gets a little bit harder because the information is just so overwhelming. You don't know how to separate things out, what relates to what person. Again, this is her next iteration of mastery. She is going to learn. She's learning how to actually decipher and group and who kind of is associated, what soul is associated with what being. And you have to understand also that many of these souls will come over and connect with an individual and they will group by pattern. So if you're in a session with me, you'll know that a lot of times the group will coalesce. They will create their own harmonics individually, but then the group will kind of sing in harmony. And kind of one big Oversoul is created and patterns will group like master patterns or main patterns, and then all these iterations of subgroups and sub patterns. And when we're clearing at group level, it's great because you get a lot of momentum. But the whole concept of a mastermind is pretty old. I know this is a small tangent, but and I'll circle back, but I think this is like for context, this will be interesting information for you guys to be able to relate with. But she's grouping people who have might who might have had the same feeling you'll notice that she actually is niched in people who are holding on to burden so those who carry burden is basically what her micro niche is she's actually helping people who cannot let go 
And that's why her work is actually really important. And she's doing it on a main stage. And it's not easy to have that level of eyes on you. People have come for her ruthlessly, and she's managed to hold her own. That's a good example of somatic empathy. Another one is spiritual empathy. Spiritual empathy involves a deep sense of connection to others and a recognition to the interconnectedness of all things. It involves feeling a sense of oneness with the universe and a desire to alleviate alleviate the suffering of others. This type of empathy is often associated with religious or spiritual beliefs. Okay, so I have a slight nuance to that. This is simply all four of these, cognitive, emotional, somatic, and spiritual empathy, are literally another way of of calling out the four clairs of intuition. It's just basically part of evolving and being of a higher level order or a higher level consciousness. The four clairs, you know, clairsentience, cognizance, clairvoyance. Oh God, there's another one. Clair, clairvoyance, sentience, cognizance, and there's another one. What's the audio one? Um, Claire, I think it's audience, isn't it? Clear audience or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So those four. So basically you hear, see, know, and then generally just you can feel it. You have a feeling up in, you have a feeling sensation. Those four definitions of empathy are used across depth psychology and psychology, but none of them are actually relating them to the clairs of intuition. This is where metaphysics comes in and things start to actually bridge, right? Because we're bridging science, self, and soul on this podcast. That's what we're doing. I would say that the foundation of maybe a high seer fundamentally would have all of these. So when I started cultivating more of my own knowingness or my own ability, I would just know things and I wouldn't know why I knew them. I don't know why I know things. This is how it first started for me. I would be, I would see things, but I wouldn't really know what I was seeing. So my sight came a lot later, meaning my understanding and my honing of of my vision came later for me. At first it was knowing, and it was such a deep knowing, like a deep internal truth that people would just think I was full of shit. (laughs) Not people, but like friends would be like, how do you know that? Where did you learn that? And I'm like, I really, I just don't, I don't know why I know it. I just know it. And it became really hard for me because I didn't have the confident sense of self. And quite honestly, I didn't have a lot of the integration of the knowledge in my body. And so I didn't know how to stand behind it and just own it and then be able to describe the mechanics of how I knew something. So it took me a while to integrate that knowledge into the body. That is absolutely key. There's a lot of people who know things, but to be able to have that integrated and then have that become just straight knowledge moves moving into wisdom. And then you embody that and you are that and people can feel that. That's kind of this evolutionary process of moving and moving into your own abilities and gifts and navigating the world, I would say. So there's four definitions of empathy. Now we're going to move out of the metaphysics for a moment and focus on pattern behaviors and frequencies around all of this. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.